Welcome to Because It Is, a conversation about faith, justice, and other things that matter. This podcast is hosted by Second Baptist Downtown in Little Rock, Arkansas. Second Baptist is a vibrant, historic downtown congregation whose faith compels us to seek justice, care for the oppressed, and pattern our lives after the way of Jesus. We are a unique Baptist church that prioritizes diversity and inclusion for all. In this episode, the pastoral staff at Second Baptist reflects on the challenges and joys of 2021 and looks forward to new possibilities in 2022. I hope you enjoy as you look back with us. Hey everybody, welcome to Because It Is, our last episode of 2021. What a year it was. Uh, I'm here with our pastoral staff here at Second, just to reflect on the year, uh, to think about all that was, and maybe to take a minute to dream about what might be. So Brittany, Suzanne, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Normally y'all are the ones like doing the actual work and I'm talking on the podcast. Uh, so glad to give y'all a word today. Oh, I don't know, Preston. It's it's a lot of work to listen to you. So I do know that to be a to be a fact. Let's let's remember for a second. Uh, do y'all remember how everyone said 2021 would be better than 2020? Like we could not wait for the calendar to turn. This would be a much better year. Uh, do y'all remember those sentiments from last year? <laughs> I do. What happened to them? Your guess is as good as mine, but they didn't last very long into 2021 before we realized that it was going to be quite a year. Yeah. By the way, I think we recorded last year's end of the year podcast before Christmas Eve. Do y'all remember our Christmas Eve service <laughs> last year out at Lake Nixon? <laughs> I, my bones are still feeling the cold. It was the coldest, windiest night ever or any time at Lake Nixon. I, I I don't remember ever experiencing a wind, a cutting through bone wind. I mean, yeah. we've been out there when it's been cold. Um, Gale force wind, right? I mean, and we thought it was, I mean, it was, it was in some ways oddly magical. Um, the night was clear. Um, it was just as cold as I'll get out. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll remember it forever, for sure. Um, it just had so much great potential. <laughs> and it was- we didn't just, even get the light of Christ happening. It had to be electric light. It was mildly painful, yeah. I mean, we had made fun of Brittany because she's all about the swag. That's right. And then we couldn't light the candles because of said gale force wind. And so we were totally dependent then on the little flashlights that gave her reason for being. So, and my own mother-in-law didn't recognize me. Like we were all so bundled up, you know. <laughs> she wasn't there, I don't think. But she was like, "So who else was singing?" And I was like, "Well, it was me." And I mean, you know, we were. I had a hood, a thing. You know, we were all so bundled, could barely walk. It was like Ralphie, you know, from the Christmas Story. I felt like we were so bundled up and. And the stream was the wind. Mm. That was also back before we were streaming pros. That's right. right? 
or which we, we now are becoming streaming pros. Yeah, yeah. I, the the friend was the, the wind was not our friend for sure. So, but we did separate the sheep from the goats on Christmas Eve. Like if you were there on Christmas Eve, uh, you were either crazy or a person of deep, profound commitment. So, or or you were on per, on pastoral staff, in which case you could be both. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so. I was hopeful that 2021 would be uh, a breath of fresh air and a, a new start. Um, one of the things that happened was uh, we had committee nights scheduled for January 6th, the Wednesday night. Um, do y'all remember that? And early afternoon, word began to trickle as to all that was happening in Washington. And we ended up canceling committee night in which we orient our committees and had a prayer vigil at the church uh, in the sanctuary. Uh, and it was a moment that I will not ever forget, certainly not soon forget, um, sort of this unveiling that we as a country are not who I thought we were, and there were vile and evil forces afoot uh, in this country. Uh, do y'all have any more thoughts about January 6th and, and what you remember about that moment? I remember being in disbelief that it was happening, you know, that um, this is not who I've always thought this country was. And, you know, for me, and it has become increasingly clear, this wasn't just an act of violence. Uh, this was an act of political violence. And it's made me think a lot more about our political process, our uh, conversations, what we will tolerate in this country uh, from our people and our leaders, what we will not tolerate. Um, and I still think those lessons are unfurling before us, um, if only we would learn them. Yeah, I remember sitting in my chair uh, in my couch on Wednesday nights uh, working from home. Um, and that started that afternoon, and I remember just my eyes were glued to CNN and could not turn it off, thinking, just shocked that something like this would happen. Um, then it got me thinking just through uh, the U.S. Our U.S. history and how maybe this isn't as much of a surprise as I think it is, and um, what all this means and what all this is revealing to the world and revealing to us Um it just was real hard to get my mind around when it was happening. I also remember how the, I remember your prayer that night, Preston, you went live from the sanctuary and it almost had, I guess I was in high school when 9-11 happened, but I remember all the prayer vigils that night and it had kind of that same steadying um, effect, that reminder that the world is what it is, but God is with us in it. Um, I remember how you kind of calmed my spirit after a day of in, endless news and fear. Uh, and it didn't alleviate any of the fear or take any of the fear away, but just kind of steadied me and rooted me back in what matters. You know, uh, one of the things that gave us hope uh, with the calendar turn in 2021 was vaccinations, right? The game changer of vaccinations and how hopeful we were that we could get vaccinated in short order and get on with our lives, the pandemic behind us, um, vaccinations before us, and yet here we are 
with the pandemic still rolling. And certainly one cause of that amongst many is uh, vaccine hesitancy and the power of misinformation and disinformation in our day. Uh, do y'all have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I was, uh, I saw a recent article where 96% of doctors have been vaccinated. Um, and so obviously there's 4% that haven't, but I bet that 4%, that very small portion of, of doctors is what people who are anti-vaxxers are really saying. But I got a doctor that says, oh, you shouldn't get vaccinated or you don't need to get vaccinated. So they're just willfully going to find the voice that they already believe with that confirms their bias where you've got 96% of doctors are saying, no, you need to do it. They're just looking for the voice that uh, is saying what they already believe or what they've been told to believe. It's made me think a lot about the power of truth. I mean, if you think about the two things we've just talked about, uh, January 6th and vaccinations, you know, lies can and do hurt people, right? Uh, and maybe it takes a pandemic for us to see a close connection between lies and death. Uh, but I think all the great wisdom traditions of the world, all the religious traditions of the world tell us that uh, the pathway to death is paved with lies. And people who cannot discern truth from error, truth from lie, are walking a very perilous path. And I don't say that in a condescending way. Uh, I, I hope I say that in a humble and um, a manner that recognizes that none of us have a monopoly on the truth, right? But when we practice the truth, we pave the way to life and the things that make for life. When we believe in lies, when we tell lies, when we pass lies on, when we don't correct lies and confront lies, we're paving the way to death in one way or another. Uh, and we have 800,000 pieces of evidence uh, today uh, with names on them uh, as to uh, the power of this pandemic and the efficacy of vaccines uh, to remediate it. Yeah, and it's not just way to death for yourself, it's taking your neighbors with you. Um, and somehow we forgot the whole love your neighbor as, as part of this. Um, and it's just been about what I wanna do and what I think I need to do. It's been very little thought to what helps my neighbor. I've mourned a lot for our, our kids and our youth who haven't had the choice either, whose parents have made that choice for them or, um, and what that's done to their safety uh, and our group safety as well. Yeah. As, as always, uh, the lies tend to hurt those who are most vulnerable to begin with, right? Um, one of my fears leading Second Baptist in these days was that we would uh, accelerate opening the church and then pump the brakes and accelerate opening the church and then pump the brakes and even though we've tried to avoid that, we had some of that this year. Do y'all remember uh, after Easter, we opened up the sanctuary. We worshiped in-house. It felt so good to see faces, uh, to hear real live voices, uh, masked though they be oftentimes. 
And then with the rise of the Delta variant in August and the starting back of school, uh, we pulled back the reins a bit and went back virtual to live stream. Uh, that was also a challenge this year, moving back and forth between in-person worship and digital worship. Uh, and I still think we're trying to figure that out. We talked so much about what you just said, not wanting to go forward and go back. And, you know, we always want to be able to speak confidently to our, to our folks and to, um, you know, make a decision. And, um, you know, we don't usually get much pushback on decisions that we make regarding church activities and everything. And um, it just, I just remember us scratching our heads so many weeks on Tuesdays and staff meeting going, just asking ourselves over and over the same questions and trying to, you know, discern all the things and, and, but still project a confidence. Um, and I think we, we did, I think we were, you know, we, um, um, you know, we're thoughtful. We didn't halfway think through anything. We thought through every scenario, every time, and just, you know, it was just a constant reminder that we are not in control of anything. And, um, and we also talked about how many, so much, how thankful we are to this body, um, for their confidence in us and, um, that, uh, they know that we were going to think through everything and pray through everything. And, um, you know, we weren't just going to go out willy nilly on any decision that we made. We would think with, um, our heart, mind, and soul for, for every baby and every senior adults, um, best in mind. And, um, so when, when we were, you know, questioning our decisions, we also were, had those moments of gratefulness that we had a church body that was behind us and, um, would support us. And, um, you know, that they knew we were doing our best and, we sure were trying. So, y'all remember Brittany's complete and utter breakdown in the middle of staff meeting. I'm supposed to provide a safe space, and I don't know how. <laughs> um, it's funny now, but it was not funny then. A lot of pressure to figure out how to make it a safe spot for our people, and we've done our best. And I'm grateful for everyone who's trusted us and gone with us as we did what we could. Yeah, I don't think we've, uh, as far as I know, we've had any case that could be connected back to our church. Um, and I think that says a lot about the church. I think it says a lot about the folks in the church that they have taken this pandemic seriously and a desire to love neighbors seriously. So um, I don't know what I would have done if somebody would have come to church who had contracted COVID and then um, either died or had a long COVID or something like that. Everyone meet Luna. <laughs> a new puppy who doesn't know how to be quiet during a podcast. <laughs> hey, I missed a dark year. There's a source of joy. That's true. She's thinking cute. Well, I always appreciated um, Chris and Brittany. Y'all were kind of the ones that always helped us think through our COVID filter that, you know, that little, those two words that <laughs> we love to hate. Um, in, you know, in, in, in all of our gatherings and, um, you know, that was part of our discernment is thinking through that COVID filter and 
Um, so thanks to you all for always bringing that up and putting that on the table for us to add to. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing to th one more thing to think about for crying in the middle of staff meeting. Well, <laughs> we've all had our moments. <laughs> but that also was a sign of in some ways how 2021 was different than 2020. The pandemic was here in 2020, but everybody was playing by the same rules, right? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the calendar turns in 2021 and um some people immediately get vaccinated. I mean, we we have people in our church who've been fully vaccinated since February of last year. And I understand their desire to get on with life and take the mass off and just live. Meanwhile, we have, uh, we've had different incremental thresholds along the way of who can and can't get vaccinated. And as of the news last week, it looks like mid-year next year before our preschoolers can be vaccinated. So now we're in a funky place where we're not all playing by the same rules, right? Some people are fully vaccinated and some people, it will be mid-year next year before they have a chance to be vaccinated. And so we're trying to hold all that together when we're not all in the same place. And that has added an extra degree of difficulty uh, for us as a church to be sure. And definitely appreciate the understanding on all parts uh, to know that we're doing our best. So one of the things that happened uh, late summer and early fall this year was uh, the crisis in Afghanistan leading to refugees from Afghanistan fleeing all over the world, some ending up in central Arkansas. Uh, Second Baptist sponsored a family of 10 Afghan refugees and um, that was both difficult and a challenge in more ways than one. And yet, uh, dare I say, sacramental, Chris, uh, for what this family would come to mean to us and all the, all the lessons that they taught us along the way. Yeah, I remember watching um, in the end of August what was unfolding in Afghanistan, thinking, man, uh, both just filled terror for the families that were there and trying to get out and then thinking, man, I, I want to help somehow. Um, and then uh, partnering with the uh, Interfaith Institute here in, in Little Rock, um, we got the opportunity and to hear, um, to not just to help these people, but to love them, um, to help them um, to resettle their life and to kind of um, help them unpack the trauma that they have been through. Um, but also all the hope that they have as well. I mean, they're they're now living in a home, um, four bedroom home. Uh, they are looking for jobs. Um, they're able to have some sort of independence, being able to go to the grocery store by themselves, and to you know everything that they need to be able to take care of themselves. They're really able to right now, and so it's been so awesome to watch our church members um, love and engage and drive to doctor's appointments, to the library, to ESL classes, to job interviews, um, picking up kids from school to say, hey, we you may not have family here in Little Rock yet, but we are going to be your family. And we are going to um, do for you the same thing that we would do for our own brothers and sisters. Um, and second, um, has has been amazing to watch and to be a part of.
one of the things this family has taught us is what real deep hospitality looks like, uh, the Middle Eastern uh, deep-seated virtue of hospitality. And, uh, you know, for them, uh, multiple T's in the course of the day is just the way you express love. And an open house and an open table is how they live their lives. Uh, I even heard that one day the AT&T guy stumbled uh, upon the Afghan home and two hours later he left with a full belly and plenty of tea. So, yeah, I have a, a funny story. Uh, when I was taking them shopping uh, at Walmart for the first time, I took all 10, which that in itself is kind of a funny story. Um, but after we dropped them off from grocery shopping, um, the lady stayed home and started cooking. And I took the guys to go um, pick out Western clothes because they didn't have any. Of course, they didn't know sizes. They didn't know how fitting rooms work. They didn't know shoe sizes. So we do all that. And we've, it's just it's just kind of comedic moments after comedic moments. And then we go home and uh, the father says, come in for, for tea and for uh, for food. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I need to go pick up my kids from school. I, I can't. No, no, it's ready. It's ready. And so I said, I can. He says, you can. I say, I can. And we go back and forth for like two minutes. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, but I got to get my kids from school. So I'm texting Brittany. Hey, can you go get the kids? Because I can't get out. And then he says, okay, hold on one minute. And he runs back inside. And then he comes out with a Kroger bag with Tupperware in it, full of food they had just made that they sent with me um, to go home as a way to say thanks. And so um, it is it is hard to outgive them um, because they want to be hospitable. It is an important thing for them. Yeah. They've been sources of grace. And uh, I think we all have seen Christ in them in one way or another uh, in these weeks and months. And they're super brave kids headed off to school. I was just thinking about how hard that has to be not knowing the language and they were all split up and it happened so fast. I know Chris and I was, I got to take some of the little boys to school and just how brave they were and how um, happy they were to just go with it. It's yeah. Impressive. It was particularly impressive, impressive when you think about it in Afghanistan um, the boys and girls are all separate. They're taught separately. And so you have female teachers for the girls and male teachers for the boys. And when you take uh, kids to Central High here in Little Rock, that is not the case. You've got 24 people crammed in and um, they had to experience all of that. Uh, male teachers, female teachers, um, opposite gendered uh, students in their class. Um, and, they, they, and they had no plans to come here to Arkansas um, August 15th, you know, and so two months later, three months later, here they are in one of the largest high schools in the U.S. Um, trying to figure out what life is like, um, and they are so, so brave. Yeah. You know, for 18 months, I preached to cameras, and Suzanne led worship in front of cameras, and the two of you, and more folks at second, uh, we worship digitally, and all along I'm thinking, is there a still is there still a church out there? Is there still a church? And along the way, so many people found us in one way or another. And I think I must also name in this podcast how much of a gift and a source of grace and validation all the new faces and new families at Second have been to me. 
they've been encouraging. They've been inspirational. They've been uh, a breath of fresh air in our congregation. Uh, and so many people, um, not just the new families at Second, but when you scan the horizon socially, there are so many people in a season of deconstruction, right? I, I know that's kind of a buzzword these days, but so many people have lost the faith they once had. And I think Second has been and will be a great church for people who find themselves in that place. I've been so excited too, just from the youth side of it. Um, we went from a small intimate youth group to a booming, pulling in lots of new folks. And I've been so proud of our youth and the way they've reached out to other youth and pulled them right in and made them one of us. And um, it's, you know, my pizza order has doubled, it feels like uh, for events and I'm totally down for it and here for it. And it's very exciting and um, a little chaotic at times, but beautiful on the fourth floor. That's another one of those side effects. Um, lots of kids joining us as well. And it's been a beautiful thing to see. You're kind of another uh, fun side effect is, you know, um, <laughs> Whenever somebody comes to church, they wear a mask. And so when somebody's walking up, you're thinking, have I met you? Have I not met you? There's a lot of guests. And did I greet you last week? And did I know your name last week? Should I know it this week? And then uh, kind of get used to them wearing masks. And then maybe we'll go out to Lake Nixon and everyone is maskless. And you're like, I have no idea who anybody is because I'm used to them being in masks. <laughs> so it's been so hard to actually get to know people. I've been so it's been harder to get to know people um, and to realize, is this your first time here? Is this your fourth time here? Or have you been here for 10 years and I just cannot recognize you? That's been kind of a, a fun part of it. I wonder what y'all would say to people who live in central Arkansas who's faith is fraught with doubt at the moment, or who, uh, because of what they've seen amidst the pandemic or the political climate, uh, have a mistrust of religious institutions or Christianity itself these days. Uh, anything that y'all would say to them as leaders at Second Baptist? Yeah, I think I'd say um, doubt is part of faith. Um, and the people who make me more nervous than doubters are the people who know everything because I don't have any faith um, in many ways. Um, and I'd also say that doubt and community go really well together. So there may be days where I doubt something, um, but Brittany has enough faith for me to cover my doubt and to help me through that period. And so community is real important, um, particularly when you're going through a doubting phase. I think I would also say you're okay. Um, you fit here um, and that this is a safe place for that. Um, when I think when our faith starts to crumble, the first thing we wonder is, am I, am I even okay anymore? Um, and I would, yeah, I need, when I have, when I have those crises, I need my people to tell me that I'm okay and that I'm safe. And I hope that our people know that second is a safe place to be who you are in all of those things and all of those phases and seasons and all of us have those seasons. So you're not alone. We talk a lot about the 
virtual worship and, and just the isolation that um, that we've all experienced at different levels and how some folks some folks are still very, very isolated um, for various reasons. Um, and so it's just really reinforced the, our, our need for each other, like y'all said, for community um, to name that it's okay to not be okay um, and to really say over and over again that you're not okayness, whether it's doubt, whether you're just sad, whether you're just um, not sure what you believe anymore, um, that that you need people, you know, and not and, and maybe you need us, and maybe you don't need us, um, but for for that to um, be the most important thing is is to name that you know it's okay for your not okayness, but that continuing to to, to self isolate in in some ways, and and obviously there's different scenarios for different people with medical reasons or whatever, but um, the church is just so important and. Um, our our faith communities again, whether it's us or not, um, feed our souls and just give us that place to um, to be or not be. And <laughs> um, we have so much um, that connects us. There's so much more that connects us that we don't, um, that sometimes we're unwilling to see and sometimes unwilling to name, um, but our connectedness really can't be denied. And that's been, the, I think, the sad thing that we've talked about a lot is in staff meetings is, is um, the folks that just continue to be isolated for various reasons and our senior adults and, um, We've all we've all had our moments of of being alone and feeling alone. And um, I guess one thing I just want to say is, please don't be alone. You don't have to be alone. Um, we all need seasons of quiet and aloneness and reflection. And um, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Please be with us. You know, this whole conversation strikes a very tender place in my heart. Uh, in a lot of ways, because I think it's my own journey. Um, I, I have a faith that doubts a lot. And as I look back on my journey, those times of doubt were not times that I fell. <laughs> those were times that my muscles were stretching. And I was learning to believe in more profound and deeper ways. Uh, I was learning to trust God more than my own faith in God. And sometimes that can be, um, you know, you sort of feel naked and exposed and um, you feel like you're losing your faith. And in many ways you are, but you're losing the faith you used to have. You're not losing faith. Uh, you're, you're outgrowing your faith and you're learning to have a new kind of faith. And so I, I have a very tender place in my heart for people who struggle with doubt. And, you know, second, for a long time, we've called ourselves a different kind of Baptist church, not because it was cool, 
or socially appropriate, but because our our convictions led us to be a different kind of Baptist church. We affirm women in ministry. We uh, affirm LGBTQ people in our congregation. We have tried to be as clear as we can be about racial justice in our day. And so a lot of people are running from expressions of Christianity that they find complicit with political power or that they find corrupt. And we have been a different kind of Christian church, a different kind of Baptist church for a long time. That is who we are. And the last thing that I would say is, you know, I I am not uncomfortable at all with people who are deconstructing and doubting. Um, I'm attracted to that, to be honest. Um, my question for many people in those situations is, what do you care to reconstruct, right? What is a faith that matters to you? Uh, what sort of faith do you want to give to your children? And none of us wake up one day and just suddenly have faith. Like it doesn't just spontaneously erupt in our souls. Uh, we have to practice faith. And church is the place where we practice that. And so if we want to be people of faith, if you want to be a person of faith, do the things that help you practice that faith. You're going to need a community for that. You're going to need leaders for that. You're going to need worship for that. You're going to need friends and disciplines for that. You're going to need a gym for your faith. And my hope is that Second Baptist will be something like a gymnasium where true, honest, candid faith is built and doubts are welcomed as part of that process. Um, what are y'all hoping that 2022 is full of? What are your hopes and dreams for 2022? I had high hopes that we'd be able to do some sort of church-wide retreat. Mm. Um, I look back to um, Shepherd of the Ozarks, Sagahatchee, and those just really great moments of being together, um, being able to just have coffee in the morning and desserts in the evening and play games and be outside and just real low-key. Um, I hope that we'd be able to do that, but I'm, I'm really uncertain that we'll be able to. Yeah, I want to share a really good meal around the table that takes a really long time. Just good, good old fellowship. Potluck even. Well, I guess we're not that kind of different Baptist. Huh? That's right. There's some things that got to stay in the Baptist name. I want to see open mouths singing. Full body singing eyes open using all of your faculties and senses in worship um i mean we've been doing all of those things regardless but um mass singing sucks <laughs> i think yes. you know it's not it's not lost on me that we've talked about a lot of hard things uh in this podcast as we've reflected on 2021 um, that's just being honest. It's been a year full of hard challenges. 
one of my hopes for 2022 is as we stand amidst the ruins of what used to be, uh, what God does next. I, I hope that next year we begin to see what is birthed amidst all the things that will forever be different. Uh, I think our church will be changed. I think the capital C church will be changed. I think the city of Little Rock will be changed. Uh, I think many of the institutions that we know and love will be changed. And that's okay. Um, it's not easy. It's not comfortable, but it's okay. And I'm, I am excited to see what, what God does uh, with the, the ruins of what used to be. And at second, I hope that people who have lost their faith amidst the pandemic and who mistrust institutions continue to trickle into our midst and find us to be a, a place of grace for them and redemption for them, formation for them. Uh, I hope that, um, well, one thing I'm excited about, I'm going to do a Wednesday night series on drumbeat, please, heaven and hell. Um, it's something I think about a lot. Um, I'm often asked questions about where those concepts come from. And so I've been diving deep into a theology and history of heaven and hell, and that's going to be a big part of our Wednesday nights uh, in January up until Lent. And so I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about young adult Sunday school and all the ways that we intend to shape uh, young adults. I know Brittany, you've put a lot of thought into family ministry and how our young adult work is intertwined with youth and children. Yeah, I'm excited about Sunday school returning in general. We, um, I've been working on uh, teachers. If you would like to be a Sunday school teacher for preschool kids or youth, we could use you. I feel like we're rebuilding the whole program at the moment, but I'm excited about what we'll be able to offer. We let the youth um, tell us what they wanted to study, and that list was fascinating and wonderful. Um, everything from what in the world is the book of revelation to how about religious themes in star Wars to, um, how the Bible has been, um, how interpretations of the Bible have evolved over time. Like these are brilliant youth who want to study really awesome things. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our kids being back the, on their, in their third floor game room, um, to start their fellowship time. And then all the good study they'll do with Miss Casey and the good things that will happen on the preschool floor and then new opportunities for their parents and others um, at the same time. Uh, we're hoping to roll that back starting January 9th. So be on the lookout for more information. Um, I'm excited about Lake Nixon. Andy could not be on this podcast uh, today, but I'm excited about Lake Nixon's future. They've had some really hard years. You can imagine running a day camp amidst a pandemic uh, with unvaccinated children and youth at the time, how challenging that was. And yet anybody in the orbit of Second Baptist knows how much of a gift Lake Nixon has been to us amidst this pandemic. And I think the best days for Lake Nixon continue to lie ahead. I'm excited about that. So thanks for listening to our end of the year podcast. Uh, we hope that uh, we've named some things and helped you reflect about 2021. 
what life was like for you, both the hard things and the beautiful things. Uh, and we as a staff want you to know that we care about you. We care about your faith. We care about your story. Uh, we care about the, the goodness that is Second Baptist, and we hope to share that with Central Arkansas and the world. And so if there's a way that we can pray for you and love you well in these days, we would be more than happy to do so. And uh, if you are um, struggling with your faith, if you're questioning, if you're doubting, uh, we would be more than honored to walk with you on that journey. And I'm a big believer that we doubt all the way to Jesus. And uh, we're happy to go that whole way with you. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears open for things you might hear from us. Uh, that reminds me, keep your eyes and ears open. We have a new look. How, How did we, did we forget? That? I got through this whole podcast and did not ooze and goose about our new brand. Let's talk about things to celebrate in, I'm celebrating 2021 and our new brand. And I'm looking forward to all the new cool places that you'll find it. Check out our new website, get yourself a sticker and a magnet. Um, if you thought maybe my enthusiasm had waned since we debuted it back in October, it has not. Um, so join me in that fun. But yes, a new brand in 2021. Um, and hopefully we'll use 2022 to let more of Little Rock know that we're here and that we care about um, faith and justice in our community. We've got swag, people. Don't miss out on the swag. Ooh, and t-shirts being designed. Get you a t-shirt. I love some swag. I hope you all, any other swag lovers out there, I got your back. Beautiful things. Beautiful. Beautiful. And not only do we have swag, uh, we have some faith and we have some hope and we have some love and we would love for you to be a part of that. So happy new year to you. Uh, we're grateful for all the good and uh, even the hard things in 2021. We look forward to a beautiful 2022, and we hope we can be friends on the journey with all of you. Grace and peace. As you go, go and love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do so as if it's the most important thing in all the world, because it is. Thank you for listening to Because It Is. These are just some of the things that matter to us at Second Baptist Church downtown. If you enjoyed this conversation, please visit us online at 2bclr.com. That's the number 2bclr.com. And like us on Facebook. This podcast was produced by Brittany Stilwell and edited by Randy Schoenig with Fresh Air Media.